0: Thanks to Hayes and Marto. The boys are back tomorrow between three and five. This is the final Sports Day WA program for the week. All thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year, and Tool was out there today having a chat to Ian Peterson. Uh, The Complete Tool Centre serving WA for over 45 years. A bit of news coming out of the West Coast Eagles. And the good oil for Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Uh, The West Coast Eagles have confirmed that five players on their list are departing the nest and uh, the club informed midfielder Xavier O'Neill, Greg Clark, Connor West, as we know Isaiah Winder the other day and a bit of a surprise, I'm just wondering if you think it's a surprise, utility player Samo Petreski-Seaton have been informed that their time at the club has been completed and they'll be moving on. Of course, Piotrowski-Seaton arrived at the Eagles courtesy of a trade from Carlton at the end of 2021 and played 27 games. Did have some injury concerns, played 27 games uh, for the West Coast Eagles, but uh, his AFL days now are over. Any of those surprise you at all? Any of those that have been delisted? Certainly that ain't surprise me. I suppose Samo Piotrowski-Seaton perhaps could count himself a fraction unlucky. But maybe a fact that he was in and out, had injuries concern, his form at times waned. He had a couple of good games towards the end of uh, the campaign. But uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on the temper of bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Whether Eagles fans, there's any surprises for you in the five players that have been told that their services are no longer required. That's the good oil, thanks to Cobram Estate. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in Northern Victoria. What's on the show today? Well, later on, we'll have our top seven at seven, looking at the top seven sports stories of the week. And there's been some significant ones, hasn't there? And we'll go through those uh, a bit later on. Very shortly, I'll be speaking to Earl Spaulding, Yes, uh, the Duke. He was known during footy circles, also during uh, his cricket days, because he was a fair cricketer. In his time, was known as Snake. But Earl Spalding's going to join us for three reasons. Actually, he was in the last East Fremantle Premiership team that was back in 1998. As East Fremantle prepare to break that drought when they play in the grand final at Optus Stadium on Sunday week. Who will they come up against? Well, we'll know this weekend because we've got Peel Thunder down there in Mandurah hosting Subiaco in the preliminary final. So we'll look back to 1998 when Earl Spaulding played in that grand final with his brother Scott. And I'll ask him when he decided to come back after playing over 200 games in the AFL why he chose East Remandle instead of Perth where, of course, that family heritage is. His father was a very prominent Perth uh, person. Uh, Earl started his career, his footy career, at the Perth Footy Club, but he ended up at East Fremantle after playing over 100 games with Carlton and over 100 games with Melbourne. And that's the other reason I thought I'd get Earl Spalding on because, as we know, the big semi-final tomorrow night is between the Blues and also the Demons. And Earl played with both clubs, so I'd like to get his thoughts on how he feels the game's going to go. He's about to join us on the program. So, as I said, Eagles fans, any thoughts on the players that that were given the old heave-ho? Well, that's a free term, isn't it? Oh, the players that were given their marching orders today. Uh, Come and join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, The other thing is a bit of footy news, I was just a bit of cricket news has come through. Uh, We've got some plenty of footy news, but there's some cricket news that just come through that test stars, including Steve Smith, Dave Warner, will have to wear neck guards on their helmets when batting under a rule change set to be imposed for the domestic season. Now, batters also hit the roof at Marvel Stadium during the BBL. We've seen that happen a couple of times. will no longer be... Or watered automatic six either. That's been banished. So what will happen? There was about twelve changes on playing conditions announced today for the upcoming summer of cricket. But regarding the helmets, the new mandate comes after Cameron Green was concussed by Kagiso Rabada bouncer in South Africa, and now will demand players in domestic cricket to wear neck protectors. When facing fast or medium pace bowlers, and Cricket Australia has also gone a step further, requiring all Australian batters to wear them in international cricket, both home and away. Now, the new rule gives the umpires discretion to determine regarding that ball hitting the roof at Marble Stadium. If the ball does hit the roof, then the umpires will have the discretion to determine if that ball and the way it was hit was going to clear the boundary. So, batters will be awarded six runs if the umpire thinks the ball would have cleared the rope or a dead ball if not. So, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be up to, to the umpire's discretion now to see if, uh, the, if the ball hits the roof at Marvel Stadium, whether it would have gone for six or not. There's a few other changes as well. The COVID substitute has been removed. Time limits will be imposed on injury assessments and treatment during a match. And the use of spin bowlers instead of fast bowlers in bad light in Sheffield Shield matches will be scrapped. Just some of the changes made by Cricket Australia today. Let's go back to footy. As I said, uh, special guest uh, joining us on the program now is a man who played both for Carlton and Melbourne and was in East Rommandles' last premiership team in 1998. We're talking about Earl Spaulding. And he joins us here on Sports Day WA. Earl, thanks for your time bit of history with Earl Spalding at East Fremantle, and, of course, Carlton and Melbourne. What are you doing these days? Are you still involved with Perth, are you? Uh,
1: I was a ball legend this year, so I went to all the home games and uh, sat up and uh, listened to Barra talk at lunch and uh, that's about it, really. Nothing involved, no involvement, sorry, around uh, coaching. I, I've, I've finished up uh, two years ago helping out uh, Gary Moss and um, the last two years I've had off, basically.
0: Gee, that would have been an experience, listening to Barra every home game.
1: Yeah, it was pretty predictable who we'd be talking about the most.
0: <laughs> uh, Earl, as we know, you've had a, a fantastic career. You played both with Carlton and Melbourne, and, of course, they do battle again uh, this weekend. We'll come to that in a moment, but one of the reasons I got you on is that East Remantle already threw the WAFL Grand Final to be played at Optus Stadium on Sunday week. Uh, a special moment for the East Fremantle Footy Club, and you were part of that last premiership, for the Sharks in 1998. The obvious question is, how did you end up at East Remantle when you came back from Melbourne?
1: Uh, well, I blame my brother for that. He, he'd already uh, defected uh, across, and um, uh, I, I was pretty keen to play a couple of years with him. So, yeah, that, that's the main reason. We, we played all our junior football in the East Remantle Junior Zone and went across to Perth under the father-son rule. So we had a bit of a connection with the club, but... Um, uh, he sort of uh, moved on, I think, at uh, the end of '95, beginning of '96, down there, and had a few years, and then so when when I finished up um, at the end of '97 over in Melbourne, and came back to Perth, I um,
0: I joined him. So what was it like actually sharing a premiership with Scott, your brother?
1: Yeah, it was a pretty special day. I mean, especially for him, he'd gone through a bit of heartache the uh, year before. Um, late in the game against South, when, uh, when they played a free kick and 50 metre penalty against him, which I'll still debate. But uh, um, so he, he was, you know, sort of wore wore that a bit uh, unfairly. And um, so for him, it was a you know a, a great day to to redeem himself if he needed to. I didn't think he did, but um, and to be part of that myself, um, yeah, I, I didn't really contribute much on the air. I, I came back. I was a bit injury prone. Um, I, I probably gave a little bit of leadership around the place, but that was about it
0: saying that, Eastern Manor were a pretty dominant side that year, weren't they? You only, I think, dropped a couple of games in the end.
1: Yeah, we lost two in a row to uh, Claremont Subie and then they uh, won the last, I think it ended up being 16, including the final. So, um, yeah, we, we had a pretty good side um, and a really good mix of a couple of young guys and a lot, of youth, a lot of experience around them, so it was good.
0: Adrian Bromwich, of course, had a fantastic year. He won the Simpson medal as best on ground in that grand final and, of course, doubled it up with a Sandover medal. Not a bad Quinella for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was sort of uh, in and out of the side, sort of previous to that, um, especially, you know, I think his first year was 96, and then 97, he just had an unbelievable year, a you know, really balanced player, kicked the ball really well, certainly didn't have any trouble finding it. Um, and uh, yeah, if, you're, if you're forward of him, you, you're led pretty hard because you knew you were probably going to get a lace out.
0: What about your coach, Tony McHale, who coached East at the Premiership and, of course, a couple of years later, bobbed up at East Perth and had a three peat with them. How did you find him as a coach?
1: Yeah, he's very good, Bob, uh, very thorough. Um, I, I know some of the selection meetings were there really late. I was on part of the selection panel as well and going through his what ifs. And um, yeah, so he, he deserved the success he got due to the the effort he put in and um, the time he put in, into that coaching and um, certainly uh, very passionate about his footy um, and a passionate, shamanal man that played there
0: as well. Talking to Earl Spalding here on Sports Day at WA on SEN. Uh, you played with Perth, played over 60 games for the Demons, but in 1986, uh, you left for Melbourne and played with the Melbourne Football Club and then, of course, played almost the same amount of games, just over 100 for the Carlton Footy Club, firstly, take us through your time at the Demons.
1: Uh, I was pretty fortunate. I sort of got there at the right time. They've been pretty unsuccessful since um, since the 60s, really. And, and we made the finals my first year in a pretty um, dramatic circumstances. The last round, uh, you know, Geelong um, were in front of Hawthorne, uh, which would have knocked us out, and Hawthorne kicked the goal late to get over the top. Then we had to beat uh, the Bulldogs or, well, as I called back down out at Western Oval, which we hadn't done for a long time, and took all day to sort of get in front of them. So it all uh, panned out beautifully for us, and um, that sort of rolled on into a prelim, which we lost after the siren. So my five years at, at Melbourne, were, were uh, we played finals every year, um, and uh, you know, arguably a bit unlucky, a couple of years in finals, losing critical players at the wrong time, but we sort of never never really looked like um, winning a flag, uh, even though we played in the grand final against uh, Hawthorne, but they uh, certainly uh, gave us a bit of a lesson in, in uh, experienced finals. Well,
0: football. you were you were certainly a warrior when it came to Carlton. Of course, you played in that premiership in 1995. I think you played every single game that season and, and the season after, so your longevity was pretty good at the Blues. Firstly, why did you move from Melbourne to Carlton? Oh,
1: I, I just, Thought our window at, at Melbourne was probably closing, we was probably getting further away um from from winning a flag, which is what everyone sort of aspires to do and, and so I, I sort of um was actually initially trying to get back to Perth and the West Coast and um unfortunately a deal couldn't be done there. So um yeah, sort of ended up with a bit of pot luck at, at Carlton. Um and then once again we missed out the finals that first year. We won fourteen games out of 22 and missed the final, so a bit stiff. But then, yeah, mate, played in the grand final in 93 and then um, the finals for the next couple of years, including obviously
0: the premiership year. So you, you look at Carlton now, you look at Melbourne now, and they're both playing in the semi-final tomorrow night. should be an absolute beauty. Have you got a leaning one way or the other? Uh,
1: well, whoever wins, I'll be on their side, obviously, uh, Peter. Yeah, <laughs> how it works. Um... Yeah, look, I had great times at both clubs. Um, and my time at Melbourne, even though probably not as successful in terms of flags, was a great time as a young guy. I um, was 22 when I went over there. Um, and we're all pretty young coming through at the same time. We just got some great memories and some great friends from both clubs. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll sit on the fence a bit and just hopefully it's a really good game. Unfortunately, both sides have got some key personnel out, which you don't like to see. Um, but, yeah, it an interesting game.
0: It's great to see Carlton back in the finals. We've just seen what it means to so many long-suffering Blues fans. The, the crowds have been big. The fanfare's been huge. Uh, the AFL needs a successful Carlton Football Club, don't they?
1: Well, I think so. I mean, as much as uh, you know, people over in Perth love to see the two teams here go well, um, there's nothing like, um, you know, the Carlton, the Collingwood, the Esmonds and, and the Richmonds, obviously, when they're up and going playing against each other, the crowds are just phenomenal um, and it's a great experience.
0: What about friends and long life friends that you've made from the respective clubs? Do you keep in contact with anybody from your playing days at the Demons or the Blues?
1: In in um, in uh, Europe, like everyone else was uh, this year, uh, earlier earlier on, I was over in May with uh, Steve O'Day, so we're still pretty good mates. We don't necessarily talk every every week, but you know when we connect, we 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 go back to the old days. We had a really good uh, friendship then, um, and yeah, the Carlton guys sort of um, go away on a golf trip every October, which I occasionally go on. My golf lets me down a bit; I, <laughs> I get a bit ahead of myself with that and uh, get over there and get a whacking. So. Um, it's always good to catch up with them. And, I mean, I, I don't get over to Melbourne very often, but when I do, it's, it's always fantastic to catch up and have a beer with those guys. So, and yeah, like I said, it was a great time
0: of my life. It certainly was. And you're an outstanding footballer and contributed to both clubs. And, of course, when you came back to East Fremantle in that premiership in 1998. A couple of final questions, Earl, and we thank you very much for your time. Who do you think will take off the AFL premiership? People are leaning towards a Collingwood-Brisbane grand final because of the, the advantage of playing in that preliminary final, having a week off uh, this weekend. Are you leaning that way as well?
1: I think so. It's it's a, a huge advantage to have that week off, uh, especially knowing how hard the other teams are going to go with each other. I thought whoever won that final um, uh, last Thursday we were going to be in the box seat and um, you know I, I sort of thought Collingwood were going to win quite comfortably at one stage, but then Melbourne came flying back and just couldn't quite get over the line through inaccurate you know, kicking. So I, I I sort of thought Collingwood would have been the form team. They had a bit of a slump, but I, yeah, I, I think they're probably favourites and probably rightly
0: so. Okay. And finally, your thoughts on the AFL competition, and in particular, did you have a bit of a, uh, an opinion on the big issue during the week regarding uh, Braden Maynard and, of course, Angus Brayshaw? Yeah, um,
1: everyone's got an opinion on that. Um, oh, look, I thought he was very lucky to get off, I, I think, you know, once again, once you leave the ground, decide to leave the ground, um, uh, you got a bit of an onus to to make sure you don't hit anyone in the head. So I thought he was very fortunate. Um, uh, and Angus sort of he had no right to expect any contact. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, anyway, that's my opinion.
0: Everyone else has got a, got one Yeah, oh, Exactly, exactly. And as I say, no opinion is a wrong opinion because there's so many different ones. Uh, but in the end, we know what the adjudication was and he's free to play in that yes. preliminary final. And from Collingwood's point of view, hopefully a grand final. Earl, oh, lovely to chat to you. Lovely to reminisce about the 1998 WAFL grand final. That was the last time the Sharks won a premiership and they may do it again on Sunday week. Will you be going to the Waffle Grand Final? i
1: uh, not sure this stage, but I've got a big day uh, netball on Saturday, so it depends <laughs> how I pull up from
0: that. Uh, the girls have got hey, control of you your life. Hey, uh, Let me tell you, the girls have got control of your life. Oh, I know what it's like. I know yeah, what yes. it's like. Yes. Good on you, mate. Yes. Pass on that. Else. And yes. pass on our best to your brother, Scott, as well, who was part of that premiership team. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Got it. Yeah, uh, no, thanks, mate. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, that's Earl Spaulding. He was a very, very good footballer and a very good cricketer as well. It got me thinking, actually, about Waffle Brothers. Now, as you heard, Earl came back after a successful stint and a premiership player at the Carlton Football Club, came back to East Fremantle to play with his brother, Scott Spaulding. I'm just trying to think Waffle Brothers that played together. And on the back end of speaking to Phil Cracker the other day, a couple of days ago here on Sports Day WA, spoke to Phil, of course, played with Jimmy at Claremont. Now, I'm talking about Waffle here. I know recently Zach and Noah Strom played for South Fremantle, didn't they? Um, Jay and Mitch Van Berlo, I think, played together at West Perth, Jimmy. Now, staying at West Perth, and this is going back a bit, we know the Buick name is synonymous at West Perth. Did Corey Buick and Darren Buick ever play together at West Perth? Now, Cardinal supporters slash Falcon supporters, did the brothers ever play for West Perth before, of course, Darren went and played for Essendon? Plus, any other brothers that played in the WAFL, love to hear from you on the tempera bedshed text machine. 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call, 1312 55. Just on the five West Coast Eagles players that have been told their services are no longer required, I throw it out to suggest uh, are any of those players unlucky not to continue their careers at West Coast? And Al says the Eagles cutting five players is fair enough as they have got to churn players in the hope of finding quality. AFL players. What the Eagles need is to find players like Kemp and Hetty, late draft picks, but were outstanding talents. Of course, that's a story in itself, particularly regarding uh, Brett Hetty. Uh, let's go to Lee, who says, Hi, Pete and team. I think Connor West should have been given at least another year. Uh, he showed a lot of promise until he was injured. Greg Clark is another one. He played in the midfield for Subiaco. And when he was drafted by the Eagles, he played on the wing and struggled. That's Lisa Vellenbrook, who thought maybe Connor West could have been given another lifeline into 2024. If you've got any thoughts, love to hear from you on the temperate bedshed text machine. But also get those minds rattling. Uh, People that followed the WAFL recently, and even in the old days, the black and white days, brothers that played together on the back end of Earl Spaulding playing together with Scott Spaulding at East Remandle, and, in particular, in the 1998 East Remandle Premiership team, the last time the Sharks won a Premiership and, as we know, are now waiting to see who they play, Peel or Subiaco, in the Waffle Grand Final on Sunday week here at Optus Stadium. All right, uh, we'll get some more texts, and also we'll go through the top seven at seven after the break. So don't go away. This is Sports Day WA. The
2: all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range,
0: and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have you coming here on Sports Day WA. Uh, let's go uh, to the tempera benchhead text machine first, 0487 736, 736 736. Before we roll into the top seven stories of the week, Paul from Churchlands. Uh, by the way, if you want to check out Paul, he's got uh, a brand-new tractor business. I popped in there yesterday. It is a very significant business, and uh, it's open in Perth there in Kudal Road. Uh, Kudal Road, I think it's Welshpool down there and uh, power farming group an agent for many of uh, PFG's uh, product lines uh, and if you want to be in the market with those people listening through regional Western Australia even here in the metro area check him out uh, the power farming group PFG um, it is uh, a new tractor business opening up there in Kudal Road in Kudal he says hello Peter, it's Paul here from Churchlands. Just listening to Earl Spalding making a comment about Tony McHale and his allegiance to East Fremantle Football Club. I think if you spoke to him, you might find that his true allegiance grows when he was at South Fremantle. No way. Also uh, on the subject of football, good luck to the West Coast Colts. Yes. Aidan and TJ, which are Paul's sons, Actually playing in the grand final on Saturday against uh, Curtin Uni Wesley, uh, and good luck to them. It should be an absolute beauty in the Colts West Coast against Curtin Uni Wesley, and good luck to the twin boys Aiden and T.J. Paul's boys in that grand final. They go okay. They go okay. Better than the old man used to go. He used to play Gaelic football, that other sort of code. All right, uh, Waffle Brothers on the back end of Earl and Scott Spaulding. Alan and Gary Sidebottom and Mike and Steve Richardson all play together at Swan Districts, as we know. Unfortunately, uh, Gary left us uh, some years ago, was a terrific footballer for Swan Districts. And, of course, then went and played for, I think it's Fitzroy and maybe even St Kilda, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, back to West Perth. The Marenko brothers, the Lucif brothers, the Watling brothers, the Hill brothers, the Fong brothers, all at West Perth. Also, in recent times, Connell and Aidan Lynch. Aidan Lynch, who just announced his retirement, Jimmy's best mate at West Perth. They played in a premiership together. So the Garling Munchers had a lot of brothers playing together, didn't they? Interesting. I didn't know there was that many. Marenko, Lucif, Watling brothers, Hill brothers, Fong brothers... There you go. Good on you, Al. Keith and Phil Narkel, brilliant at uh, Swan District, as we know. Uh, That's from Dominic, also mentioned the Narkel brothers. Peter Ray and Frank Margaria. I see, actually, um, I think it's Frank. During the summer months, Frank goes down to the Sorrento Surf Club and has a dip with all the old codgers and me uh, during the summer months. Uh, Yes, another set of brothers. Uh, Peter, I think Ray Lucif didn't have a brother play. I confused him with the Margarita brothers. Okay, Al, he's just corrected himself. But anyway, interesting. So if you've got any more brothers on the back end of having a chat to Earl Spalding, who came back from Victoria to play with his brother Scott at East Fremantle, and they shared a premiership in 1998 at the Sharks. Uh, get on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 736. alright let's roll in now to the top 7 stories of the week thanks to the Kia EV6 GT world performance car of the year let's go number 7
2: hey Bob it's been a challenging and and tough 10 years for you um, since you left the Essendon Football Club what was the lowest point for you in that time.
0: I reckon when I night I heard that Hurdy he tried to take his life was uh, was probably the one, you know. That was uh, that's what really said, so why does the game need to get to this point, you know, really when I mean, all adults are involved, um, you know, you got the law involved, everything else, and that they should have just been able to handle it themselves. But uh, that's a bit of a wake-up call for everyone, I reckon. That was a wake-up call for me. Said, don't take it so serious. Mm, that's ex uh Essendon champion and Geelong Premiership coach Mark Bomber Thompson. He opened up uh, the other night on his hesitation to re-enter the AFL spotlight after exiting on sour terms. Now, Thompson is back in the game after the outgoing AFL CEO, Gillam McLaughlin, confirmed the Bomber would present the Jock McHale medal to the Premiership winning coach on grand final day. As we know, he led Geelong to Premiership glory in 2007 and 2009 before returning to Essendon as a senior assistant coach in November 2010. And he was sacked at the end of 2014 following the club's supplements saga.
2: Number number six.
0: Oh. Look, Dustin's going to stay at Richmond. And I think that, you know, personally, uh, for... My opinion was that is absolutely the right thing for for him to do and, and he is, he's going to stay at Richmond, which is enormous positive for that footy club. Look, me, like 17 other coaches, would love to have him on my side. No question. But the fact of the matter is it's great that he's going to play his 300th game at the Richmond Football Club next year. Yeah, and it'll be a big moment too. So that's Damien Hardwick declaring that Dustin Martin will not be joining him at the Gold Coast Suns next year. The Richmond Greats were spotted, as we know, catching up in Queensland last week. The latest step in a will-he-won't-he saga surrounding Martin's AFL future. But he will be staying at the Tigers and will be playing his 300th game, which is the right thing to do.
2: Number five.
0: It was 10
2: minutes of... uh, Christian was there as well. Everyone knew each other. We played with Braden's brother three or four years ago. His mm. dad works at the club. Yeah. So there's a phenomenal connection between Maynards and pretty much everyone at the And so Brayden
0: was incredibly apologetic. Yeah, it's
2: what I expected for a guy that hit someone, well, knocked someone out uh, accidentally the night before. I've yeah. seen we some weren't...
0: footage of you giving him an absolute mouthful straight yeah. after the event.
2: Uh, no, I was telling him just to leave the leave the area. I wouldn't yeah. say mouthful. It um, would have been loud. Yeah, we weren't watching. We weren't on the couch watching Thank God You're Here. We weren't having <laughs> a genuinely good time. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it was, it was certain. Certainly not the reports that have come out. So there you go. That was Melbourne captain Max Gorn says he just couldn't see any opinion that didn't have Collingwood defender Braden Maynard being suspended for knocking out teammate Angus Brayshaw. As he shed, uh, as you heard, further light on the awkward visit the magpie made in the aftermath. Uh, He visited, that is, Brayshaw's house the day after the MCG collision that left the demon unconscious for two minutes. And as we know, he's out. Of the game this weekend, and we don't know what his long term future is. Uh, amid reports of extreme tension, when Maynard arrived with a bottle of wine and flowers, Gorn said the flowers went into the vase and the bottle of wine to the cellar during a 10 minute stay with the Demon star Christian Petrarca in attendance.
2: Number four. Well, wow, that was so nonchalant in the way he played that. Ben Stokes again just moves into position well we don't need the fielders in the outfield when you can bang it like that ben stokes entertaining this crowd today again it's a help yourself delivery
0: for ben stokes stokes goes high and stands his ground and a six will take him to 182 And now by Stokes, but he's not going to get England's first double hundred in ODIs because his magnificent innings has come to an end in the hands of Will Young at deep square leg. Unbelievable knock.
2: 182 in just 124 deliveries. The score
0: was 13 for two when he arrived centre stage. He leaves with the scoreboard 348 for six. He's so good to watch, Ben Stokes, Uh, and as you heard, struck the highest score by an England batsman in a one-day international. He's 182, setting up a thrashing of New Zealand at the Oval in London, as he sent a warning to the champions at World Cup rivals just weeks before they begin the defence of their 50-over title in India. Stunning innings uh, was just slightly more than England's colossal 181-run winning margin, That put them 2-1 up in a four-match series ahead of Friday's finale at Lords. Stokes and uh, Dawood Marlon, who made 96, uh, hit back with a third-wicket stand of 199, as England recovered to be 368 all-out. 124 ball innings for Stokes, 15 fours, nine sixes, and that surpassed Jason Roy's previous England record of 180 against Australia at the MCG in 2018.
2: Number three. On behalf of the Sandover family, I have great pleasure in awarding the 2023 Sandover Medal to Hamish Brayshaw, East Perth Football Club. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, it's a special moment for Hamish Brayshaw becoming the first East Perth player in 20 years. Uh, the last one was Ryan Turnbull to take off uh, the WA Football League's most coveted individual award being the Brownlow medal and he was very humble in his acceptance. Certainly the Brayshaws in the news during the course of the week with, of course, uh, Angus in Melbourne and Hamish winning that great individual award on the week. That was... Number
2: two. Novak Djokovic a Grand Slam champion again. Novak Djokovic His third major title of this season, his fourth U.S. Open, 24 and counting, 24 and he still wants more.
0: I never imagined that I would be here sitting, standing with you talking about 24 slams. I never thought that 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 would be the reality, but uh, the last couple of years I felt I have a chance, I have a shot at the history, and why not grab it if it's presented? Amazing. Must go down now as the greatest of all time. Increasingly without peer and looking at his statistical achievements now, Grand Slam number 24, he's 36 years of age. He now joins Margaret Court as winning the most singles Grand Slam at 24. And he separated himself from Serena Williams, who has won 23 and as we mentioned, equaled Market Court's all-time record spanning both the amateur and the professional eras of 24. And his next Grand Slam appointment will be here in Australia in January at the Australian Open.
2: Number one.
0: When you have an incident like that, we're duty-bound to continue to look at actually whether there can be changes or others or modifications that can prevent it or do continue to have our players as safe as they can be out on a field, albeit that it's a contact sport. So there you go. That was the biggest story of the week. There's no question. And uh, the outgoing CEO, Gillam McLaughlin, uh, talking on the Braden Maynard case. And that uh, certainly dominated the conversation in the early part of this week. So that's the top seven major stories of the week. It's all thanks to Kia. Didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, the Kia Carnival GUV. All right, still to come, we'll be speaking to Ash Brown about this week's edition of the AFL Record. As I said, the topic of conversation on the program has been brothers that have played with each other in the WAFL. And we've had uh, quite a few that uh, have actually uh, penned something together, 0487 736 736. I can't believe the amount of brothers that have played for the West Perth Football Club. It actually surprised me uh, quite a bit, uh, the amount of brothers playing at West Perth. As I mentioned, uh, Connell and Aidan Lynch at West Perth. We had the Buick brothers. Now, I threw that up earlier. I wasn't 100% sure whether Corrie who is roughly my age, and Darren Buick, of course, cut out a very, very good career with the Essendon Football Club Overlap, but we've done a bit of homework, and Corrie retired in 1986, and Darren Buick would have played with his older brother in 1985 and 1986. His final year at West Perth was in 1987, before he moved on. But uh, that's the situation with the Buicks. But as I mentioned, a lot of brothers played for West Perth, probably more than any other club, judging from the reaction that we've had on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, the Margaria brothers. And then we had the likes of the Marinko brothers, uh, the Watling brothers, Heels and the Fong brothers, who, as we know, Les Fong was an outstanding footballer for West Perth. And there was a couple of good ones at Swan Districts that I mentioned earlier. Alan and the late Gary Sidebottom, Mike and Steve Richardson. Uh, Mike in particular went on to play, as we know, at the Collingwood Football Club. And the other thing that Mike was very famous for had nothing to do with football. See if you can guess it. When Mike went to Melbourne, he was certainly famous for playing for Collingwood, but he was also famous for something else. Can you quickly get on the Tempera Bedshed text machine? 0487 736 736. What else was Mike Richardson noted for when he went to Melbourne apart for playing for the Collingwood Magpie? See if you can get it before we uh, clear a break. That's coming up uh, very, very shortly. Uh, not forgetting, uh, tomorrow night we bring you Melbourne and Carlton, uh, the big first of the two semifinals. And as we know that, we'll be following the other match on Saturday as well between Port Adelaide and Brisbane. Uh, So we're going to take a... In fact, there's three different calls. We've got a Melbourne call, if you're a Melbourne fan here on SEN, I've just found out. Also a Carlton call, a Blues call as well. Uh, (laughs) Dominic, uh, and there's a neutral call. So you've got three different calls tomorrow night, a Carlton call, a Melbourne call... And a neutral call, just check it out on SEN. He was a model. Well, he was a model, but he also dated, of course, big Australian songstress Colleen Hewitt. Back with more after the break. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year, and our friends at Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, and they've been serving WA for over 45 years. And, of course, Signet are the 2023 Toyota AFL Grand Final. They've got a double-ticket giveaway happening. We'll give you some more details shortly after we speak to the senior writer. And we speak to him every Thursday here on Sports Day WA about the AFL record. It's Ash Brown. Ash, thanks for your time. Hi, Pete. Good to be with you again. Oh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. A couple of big games. one tomorrow night's a beauty between Carlton and... And Melbourne, and of course, uh, on Saturday, we've got Port Adelaide against GWS. I'll ask for your selections a bit later on, but I believe, uh, looking at the AFL record, uh, there's a big draft feature in this weekend's edition.
2: That's right. Uh, well, for 12 of the teams, it's already on to next season, and they're uh, they're busy planning their off-season and what they're going to do to get better. Case-season. It's draft season, of course, before too long, so it's a good time for us to delve into the 10 players that we think will be the top... You know, around the top 10 players taken at the draft in um, late November. So a bit of a profile of players like Harley Reid and Matthew Watson and uh, Zane Dersmer and one of two others as well, who mm. we figure people will get to know very, uh, very well, very soon.
0: Do you rank them or you just basically put up the 10 names that you feel could go in the top 10?
2: Oh, I just a list of names at this stage with a bit of background information about them. Just to start the familiarity process, Pete, as we get started know them a bit better between now and uh, and November.
0: Yeah, certainly Harley Reid's been bandied around certainly here in Perth regarding his link to the West Coast Eagles uh, for the last uh, few months. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Fifty years of the Players Association, and you've uh, sort of written a story on that.
2: Yeah, they have tried to get their 50th anniversary. It's actually their birthdays later in the year, but um, it was worth charting their history, particularly early days when uh, they were, you know, the clubs and the, the VFLers were there, were almost hostile to the, to the notion of a place association. So it was good to have a chapter sort of three of the pioneers, Jeff Pryor, Gareth Andrews and David Mackay, about what those early days were like and some of the, the hard battles they fought, you know, even before the association formed them, and some of the pay disputes that, that took place at a couple of clubs that made... The uh, players overall think they need to start uh, thinking as a collective and perhaps uh, forming a, an association. There's a great story there about Bob Hawke rowing the troops at a, at a pub one night as well. So it's, uh, it was really great to talk to those guys. And, of course, the PA now, of course, is uh, an equal partner with the AFL and integral to everything that, that happens in the game.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say it's come a long way since then, and no doubt you've uh, plotted the timeline of the AFL Players Association.
2: Yeah, that's right. And certainly, um, you know, in the early '90s, I think the, uh, there was a there was a big meeting in Melbourne. The the, the, uh, the things there was a strike being talked about. I think that was the time that once and for all the AFL realised that it had, actually it better start dealing properly with the players' association. They weren't a rogue association, but they needed to be an equal partner in the game. And uh, since then, the, the uh, relationships between the, the league and the players
0: have been pretty cordial. And no doubt the full preview to the two semifinals this weekend as well.
2: Yep, to uh, look back at last weekend's four games and, of course, a comprehensive preview. All you need to know, all the facts and figures and news around this weekend's two games and and the teams that selected.
0: All right, let me ask you, who do you favour to go through to the second last week of the AFL season, the penultimate round, the preliminary final round? Who are going to be victorious out of the two games as far as Ash Brown is concerned?
2: Well, I was really impressed. we always fall in love with the teams that win the elimination finals. I'm always worried about the teams that uh, lost last week. But I'm thinking that uh, Carlton will actually beat Melbourne. I think melbourne have got issues with their forward line that I don't think can be resolved. I've just thought Carlton are playing too well at the moment. But I've actually gone for Port Adelaide at home. I watched the Giants last week against killed and they were really impressive. But I just think uh, Port are a much better outfit at home and uh, they can get the points
0: there. So they're they're my two winners, Uh, Carlton Port for the weekend. Yeah, I tend to agree as well, Ash. All right, Ash, of course, for those people here in Western Australia, if you want a copy of the second semi final, the semi final round of the AFL record, go to aflrecord.com.au and you can always look back at all the issues during the course of the 2023 season. Ash. Next Thursday, it's the preliminary final round. Look forward to chatting to you then. Look forward to it, Pete. Ash Brown, talking about what's in the AFL record this uh, weekend. Uh, The 2023 Toyota AFL Grand Final Double Ticket Giveaway is powered by Signet. All you need to do is you go to ICanWin.com.au. That address again, ICanWin.com.au. Now let's get some sports news headlines. Thanks to Irigir, which is here to save time and water. Some of the things that have been happening. uh, Damien Hardwick has declared that Dustin Martin will not be joining him at the Gold Coast Suns next year. As we know, the Richmond Greats were spotted catching up in Queensland last week. The latest step in a will-he-won't-he saga surrounding Martin's AFL future. He's got one year left on his Tigers contract as the 32-year-old Martin. Alex Dimonor conceded to having one of those days as Australia's hopes of repeating last year's run to the Davis Cup finals were left hanging by a thread in Manchester. Both Dimonor, the world number 12, and Thanasi Kokonakis lost their singles matches against Great Britain as the Aussies lost the first of three pool matches 2-1, a doubles victory, their only success. They now face France in a must-win tie with only the top two countries from each group progressing to the finals in Spain in November. So there you go, just a couple of uh, sports updates, all thanks to Irrigear, which offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. And just before I go, don't forget that Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American football's biggest game, worth over $70,000. All you need to do is just shop in-store at Beaumont Tiles before November 12, and you're in with a chance to win. T&Cs do apply. Well, that's it for Sports Day WA around the Senwa network for this week. It's all been thanks to Kia, the EV6 GT, World Performance Car of the Year, and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Not forgetting tomorrow, we'll be bringing you the first of the two semi finals between Carlton and Melbourne at the MCG. And then on Saturday, it is Port Adelaide at home at the Adelaide Oval against the Brisbane Lions. So a couple of big games you'll hear it live and uninterrupted here on the SENWA network. And I'll be back on Monday from five o'clock for another week of Sports Day WA. Thanks to Jimmy, my executive producer, and Connor, who was the panel operator, doing a fine job for the program today. And I look forward to your company, as I said, from 5 o'clock on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone.